Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, it's Richard and Linda Ayer on Ayers on the Road. We're so glad to be back with you today. Thank you for joining us. We are have not been on the road this week at all. We have been at Bear Lake with uh, 50 people <laughs> for it seems like forever. Um, some about half of them left to go to a wild adventure in Oregon last week, so we had a little bit smaller crowd this week. But I don't know if it works that way for any of you, but we have these family reunions, and some people are only able to get here for the actual reunion itself, and others, especially some of the stay-at-home moms who bring their kids, and they all like Bear Lake, and they stay and stay and stay, and then when it's over. They go up to this old primeval forest in Oregon and have a little camping experience, and we used to go with them. <laughs> yeah. But we're not really that interested in sleeping on the ground in an enormous forest anymore. Well, we are. We are. It's, our minds with, are. With 13 Our bodies kids. are not. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, our son has a sprinter, and they actually big pack that thing with little kids and four dads and they go up there and create these amazing slack lines and po fireman poles <laughs> and superman swings and all but, this crazy stuff. Bottom line is that reunions, as we've mentioned, are chaotic but wonderful. Now, Linda, the number 50, five zero. That is a very big number for us these days for, for more reasons than you might expect. And we're going to use that number as kind of a theme for today's show and for an ongoing little series that we're going to do on Ours on the Road that we are, we are really looking forward to this. I'm, I'm almost, I'm excited with what we're going to do, but here's why the 50 is important. We are celebrating in one week. Yep our 50th anniversary, and we're pretty excited about that. As you can imagine, the golden wedding anniversary, and boy, we've got some excited little grandkids who, <laughs> they want to see the golden ring. <laughs> right, I did get a golden ring, but I'm not wearing it until the actual day, so. But it is really. So that's 150. I think actually we're more excited about it than they are. Uh, well, that's probably true. So there's, <laughs> there's three 50s that all kind of converged. It's like, I don't know, it's like this confluence of rivers or it's like the juxtapositioning of three stars in the firmament. I don't know what it's like, but one is that it's 50 years for us. Two is that just this last year we added the 50th member of our family in the form of a little grandson who came along, and if you count us and our kids and our in-laws and our grandkids, he was number 50. So there's the second 50. Mm -hmm. And getting to the point of this little series we're going to do on Ayers on the Road, the third 50 is that this past year we published our 50th book, which is still kind of amazing to us that we have actually written. That's a... I hasten to add, that's yours, mine, and ours. That's Linda's books and my books and our combined books and added together comes up to 50. And I hasten to add that it's mostly <laughs> your books. <laughs> you no, wrote a lot no. before I started writing with you. Well, but here so. we have a little disagreement on this. I mean, I published some before we were joined authoring books, but 
if you remember, we basically wrote those together. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> well, I wouldn't dare. You were the one that was sitting in the library hour after hour after hour. Yeah, but then remember I'd come out and read this paragraph to you and I would say, Linda, I don't know if this is any good unless I read it to you. And you would read it and tell me it wasn't any good and then I'd have to go back and write it again. And then you'd say, well, you need to add this and this and this. And then I'd add this and this and this. And then that's how I wrote those book, those mm. early books. I guess that's true. And then once we started co-authoring, it was so much better, wasn't it? Well, it was a lot of fun and a lot of work. And we have done three in the last two years, which is too much. We keep saying this is our last book, this is our last book. But Well, we got to 50. Let's just quit. Let's just stop, yeah. So, so why are we telling you all this? Because we got the idea here a few weeks ago. Wouldn't it be fun? Because, listen, all these books... I mean, obviously, the theme of Ayers on the Road is family and raising children and trying to improve as parents, trying to improve as marriage partners. None of us are experts. We're all doing the best we can. We're all fellow strugglers. And it's fun to talk about that struggle on Ayers on the Road. And the idea occurred to us, why don't we sort of tell our story through this process of writing these 50 books and how each one came about and what each one had to say about parenting or about family because really they all had that theme even the one novel we wrote really the theme of it is the priority of families and so on so we thought rather than you know just pick up little topics here and there on Ayers on the Road we would be a little more organized and go through this series. Now, we're not going to try to review a book each time or to sell you a book. I mean, right, that's, the, right. that's the one beautiful thing is that these books are now free. They're free on a website called Ayers Free Books. And so, but you may not have the time to go read them. And so we want to give you a little summary in this ongoing series, one book each week or one theme or one message each week, which was contained in a particular book, and build on one from the other, sort of the same sequence that we did. This will involve how did we get into this? Why did we start thinking that we were writers instead of what we were doing before we started writing? All that is a kind of a story that we think is interesting because it will weave in the very things that we hope we can share with you about trying to be a better parent, trying to be a better marriage partner. Yeah, the main thing of this is that hopefully it will spark your thoughts and your right. ideas and things that you would like to do or things that you've learned in your own life. It really is an interesting way to just think about life. I think, I'm glad you said that, Lena, because that really is, we want you to know that's sort of our goal on Ayers on the Road is to say some things that will spark you to have an idea or to try a new thing or to think of a way to overcome a problem that you're dealing with. Not that we're going to give the solution, but that something we say will trigger something. And, and frankly, the only thing that would make this show more enjoyable for us is if it was a two-way thing. If we could get your feedback instantly, if we could be talking to you in a conversation, in a dialogue instead of a monologue. Yeah, that would be really fun. We, we just sat here a few minutes before we started the show saying, how, how can we go back and forth? And I, I, didn't, I don't know that there's a way, but it, is, it would be so interesting to have feedback and have 
us feedback to you, but I don't know that that's going to be possible. So, so here's the first in this series, and it's a book that was written in 1972. Can you believe it, Linda? And again, I should add, one reason we dare to do this or think it's a good thing to do is when you're talking about family things or parenting things or marriage things, relationship-oriented things, they don't really get dated. And that's what we're learning as we look back through some of these earlier books. The principles remain the same. So we're talking about this first book we ever did in 1972. You might think, my gosh, that's so long ago it couldn't be relevant. But we think these are topics that really don't change, and that's why we think this will be a fun thing to do. So set the stage for this one, Linda. We're living in well, Boston. We're, yes, we're living in Boston, and uh, Richard's a student at the Harvard Business School. I am teaching school in the Boston area, music. Um, music education was my major. And junior so high school. I was a junior high school. Um, really interesting because the eighth grade boys had their choice of Russian or choir. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them chose choir. So a lot of them chose <laughs> choir. Um, I learned to accompany, I mean, I played the piano, but man, there was nobody else that could play the piano. And so I had to accompany, and um, of course there was music history. Wait, you had it? I'd forgotten that. You had to teach him and lead the, the choir and play the piano at the same time. Yeah, right. And, you were, and you were for like, the performance, we wow. found somebody else to you know do that. But anyway, I was a violin teacher, and there were three really horrible students there, <laughs> and that was it. It was a very interesting experience. It was... Um, out in the country, not not country, but you know, you had to commute, yeah, yeah, out from Boston to right. what, was it Burlington. That's what it was, yeah, Burlington, and uh, it really was a fascinating experience. I loved it. So I the, thought it was so fun. So there's Linda teaching school. I'm going to school. Also, I was teaching um, something called early morning seminary, where I was getting up and going to teach this class to high school students at six in the morning in frozen Boston. In fact, it was the coldest winter on record that year. I was walking across the Charles River on the ice to go to school because it saved time from going on the bridge. But anyway, that you know, here we are with this young but couple. We have no children. We have no money. You were also no teaching money. driving lessons. Remember that? Oh, I was that? teaching a, this was, Arab students. And I was teaching a few violin <laughs> lessons. You better tell them a little bit about well, the Arabs. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's enough. Just the idea that we there we were, and so you wouldn't. The last thing on our minds was writing a book. But here's what happened: there was a really established author who lived there. His name was Paul Dunn, and he and I had become friends. And he said to me one day, "You know, Richard, um, I've got an idea for a book, and I want it to appeal to people just like you, young married people." young, um, you know, people just getting started. And he said, I want to call it, I challenge you. That's the name I want to have for the book. And I thought about that for a minute and I said, well, you know, that sounds like an old fashioned book to me. <laughs> I still remember this and I was fairly bold to say this to him because he's a really well-established author. But I said, I think people are more interested in promises than they are in challenges. Why don't you consider calling it, I promise you, and just, you know, give the same things you've got in mind to challenge people, but, but focus on what will happen, what the result will be, what the, what the promise is. If they do this challenge, that would make it a more interesting book. 
So we had this conversation on a kind of an ongoing basis, and it got interested. And, well, and it was interesting because you, you spent hours with him going through, you know, what, how do we want to do this? How do we want to say it? In fact, these first few books were co-authored. Yeah, there were two or three that were co-authored, yeah. and, and that was... But that I don't want to get ahead of myself on the story. I was just responding to this idea. And then one day I said, I had an idea that I passed back to him. I said, why don't we call it both I Challenge You and I Promise You? And I remember he said, what do you mean? How can we call it both titles? And I said, well, why does a book have to have a front cover and a back cover? Why couldn't one side of the book held one direction, say, I challenge you, and when you open it, here's the table of contents, and there's these challenges. And But if you flip it over, instead of a back cover, it's another front cover, and it says, I promise you. And you can open it, and there's a table of contents of the promises, and you can read them. And so they merge within the book, and if you read a challenge, then you can flip it over and see what the promise is. And we'll give you some examples of what some of those challenges and promises were in the second half of the show. And we'll focus in on the ones that were specifically aimed at family, at having a better marriage, at having a better parenting relationship with your children. Now you may say, how could you write something like that? You didn't have a child. Well, we actually did have a child, the first one, during the writing of this book. Right. So I had a little bit to say, not much. And we have to say <laughs> how much we love Paul H. Dunn. He was our champion, and he got us started on this road, and he's such a fabulous guy. Well, he, he passed sure, away many years ago. He sure gave us a way to write this first book. But again, we're not thinking of ourselves as authors. We were just trying to help someone with, with a book. Fellow strugglers. And it led to something amazing. So after this brief message, We'll tell you a little more about those challenges and promises. So hang on, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Okay, and we're back on Ayers on the Road, starting a series of going through 50 books, but just highlighting the message that relates to parenting, family, and balance. That was a big thing. Remember, Linda, one of the things that we were thinking about way back as graduate students, and it was a kind of a topic of discussion among several of us just going out to get our first job. How are we going to balance our family and our marriages with our career? And it was the idea of some of us going to work for consulting companies and management firms and investment banks and how you know they want 16 hour days and how do we still have time for family and so on and that was a really interesting and difficult time in a way it was everybody was doing that it was a lot of pressure i have to say we've come a long way in the last few years as far as, as that a society goes. as a society um we have kids who live in England and they have realized family is really important. They give time off, they give paternity leave as well as maternity leave. It really is interesting, but it was really pressure in those days. It was pressure to do your very best and to give everything to your job. And by this time we had one little baby, a little daughter, our oldest daughter, Sarah, and I was starting a job with a consulting company that I helped found in Washington, D.C., and we're working on this book, trying to finish it up, that 
by now uh, Paul Dunn had asked me to co-author it with him so that was taking some time so a lot of the challenges and promises we were dealing with in the book had to do with family let me give a couple of examples one of the challenges out of the 20 that were in the book I challenge you to find yourself in your roots and this was a challenge basically saying if you want your children and if you yourself want to have a strong identity then you should do more genealogy you should know more about your ancestors not just because it's interesting but because it'll tell you who you are and there was a small chapter on that and then the promise was you will better know who you are by knowing those who preceded you genealogically you will know better who you are and this is interesting because this book was really I don't know if we wrote it for young adults but the young adults were the ones that grabbed a hold of it and went with it I mean even when you're a young adult it is important to know where you came from Um, we spend so many hours at reunions every year trying to teach our little children about their ancestors here it is 50 years later and that's what we're doing right I mean we're still doing the same thing but it is important whether you're married or not or whatever your situation is to know where you came from yeah and that's why when someone says to us hey I don't have a family we say wait where did you come from let's think about family in a bigger way families are ongoing families are generational then the next challenge is just ties into it I challenge you to become the trunk quote unquote between your roots and your branches so that challenge is all about making this connection you've got ancestors you've got a child now or you've got children now can you connect the branches to the roots can you tell enough stories about those ancestors that the children even when they're small start feeling an identity I come from this grandfather his qualities are in my blood I can learn from him and so on and so forth so it's interesting Linda that we were thinking that and writing that all these years ago and now it continues to be so important to us right they're just I mean we've talked about it so much those of you who've been listening to us all along realize that that is a common thread that's gone through everything Then the next challenge, I challenge you to make your family into an institution. I'm just reading now, that's an interesting one because we started out with Leo Tolstoy's quote, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And we were interpreting that in the book to say, you know, any institution, whether it's a country or a fraternity or a school or a sports team, whatever the institution is, if it's going to last and it's going to endure, it needs to have three things. It needs to have some laws or some rules. It needs to have some traditions. And it needs to have some way to share responsibility. And so we, we outlined that. And then, and then the, the promise, as you might guess, I promise you that your institution will become like a kingdom, a family kingdom. Your children will will feel that they're part of something, they'll have an identity, and all of you will become happier if you seek to make your family an institution. So interesting that so many of these things don't change. I mean, it just goes through generations and doesn't change, but we're just maybe more aware of it. We're more enlightened as we get farther along in the history of the world. But one thing does change, and that is the cost of books. You forgot to mention that. (laughs) This book, 
sold for three fifty. Three dollars and fifty cents. And this is the funny thing: it resold <laughs> for four dollars. Whoever. Can. Yeah, we have a the copy we're we holding in our hands was, was one that was resold. Uh, we I just grabbed it because we didn't have one. <laughs> anyway, sorry to throw that in. Well, but. so maybe maybe someone who bought our books in the early days, it was this great investment. They can sell right. them for more now. <laughs> Except we just undermined them because they're all online for free. Right. <laughs> all right. Anyway. By the way, on that point, again, for those of you who may be new listeners to this podcast, you can go to byuradio.org and just click on our show, Iris on the Road, and it'll bring up a screen that has the list of shows, but up in the right-hand corner will be some links. And we want to make you especially aware of two of those links. One of them is Iris Free Books. And when you click on that, if any of these books we're reviewing or discussing concepts from on parenting and family, if you want to go deeper, you can click on Iris Free Books, you can go there and you can look at the whole book. Also, the other link is valuesparenting.com, where there's little summaries of the books and where you, if you wish, can comment. And we would love that, wouldn't we? Yeah, Comments we, we would. That you. would be a way of hearing from you. But also, I have to say, they're not all online. I mean, they're no, not all free getting, books. No, but we're getting to all of them. We can't do that until we, we get the copyright back. Right, little by little. That's our goal, is to have them all online for free. Let me give you another challenge. Um, I challenge you to establish a partnership of one. Isn't that interesting, Linda, that that long ago, as fairly recently married couple, we already had in our minds, I don't think we developed it very far, but we had in mind the, the idea that the goal of this marriage ought to be oneness. Not, not that we absorb each other or become clones of each other, but that we basically you know, get in sync and have synergy between us and have the yin and the yang and, and work toward oneness, that kind of unity. So yeah. we were thinking about that long it ago. It really is amazing that we've been talking about it now and we didn't remember that we knew that that long ago. And the promise for that one was a marriage of rejoicing and real joy, a flash of insight into the eternities where the goal is to become one. And of course we believe that marriage survives this earth and that it's not for death to your part, but for time and all eternity. All right. There are some days that you're excited about that and others, ah, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's really it. such a comfort. It's such a comfort to know that your family goes on to the other side. And I, some of you may be listening who are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but we absolutely believe and know that these families go on and marriages go on after death and it's so important to think about these concepts because of that. The final challenge in that particular section of I challenge you, I promise you, is I challenge you, <clears throat> excuse me, to forge a joyous family and <clears throat> the, the, the promise on that one, Linda, is really interesting because it quotes someone that we've always felt was a great mentor to us, someone named David O. McKay. So the promise is a success that will compensate for any failure. Referring to his wonderful quote, no success can compensate for failure in the home. 
So that's how we ended that section of the book is just kind of an appeal to ourselves and to everyone. If you prioritize your family, if it's the, the highest part of your goal setting, the most prominent part of your planning, if you see it as the thing that everything else supports, all of the work you do, all of the other things you do support your family, if you view it that way, then you'll have this wonderful blessing of a success that compensates for any other failure. But we do have some people listening who have gone through a lot of failures, as have we. And so uh, we need to be sure that, that you know, that we know that failure is part of marriage, part of life. Right. And that there are some things that do fail. There are some marriages that need to, need to end because of, you know, abuse and other things that are really serious. But um, when he said this, he just meant, you know, succeeding at the, at the business is not the most important thing in the world. The most important thing is your family and taking care of them. Yeah, exactly right. Now, not all of the challenges in this book are about family, but they all kind of relate to family. I'll give you another example. There's one challenge that's a little provocative, I think, in its wording. It says, I challenge you to write your diary in advance. Well, that at least gets your attention. What do you mean, write my diary in advance? Well, what we're basically challenging people there to do, I think, Linda, is if you set goals and if you plan and if you work at it prayerfully and diligently, you can bring about, you can turn into reality a lot of the things that you were only thinking about or hoping for. You have the power to create actual success in certain areas. And then when you read it, those goals have now happened. And so basically you were writing your diary in advance by setting strong family goals for your marriage and for your parenting. Wow, that's pretty, hmm, ethereal. <laughs> well, it's pretty, I, I, do, I do have to say, you know, life was simpler for us then. It seemed easier to make promises and challenges. And now we look back and we say, well, yeah, but <laughs> we, and in fact, that's kind of a theme as we read some of our earlier books, they were, they were a little presumptuous in the sense that we thought things were simpler than they were, and maybe even easier than they were. And living life for the last 50 years has taught us it's a little more complicated. It is not than that. simple. Life is not simple. <laughs> Although we're trying to simplify, I think the more we concentrate on trying to simplify, even as a mother, wow, there's just so many things coming at you all the time. And you see parents who are having kids involved. We had kids involved in 27 lessons a week. I mean, there are ways we can simplify those things in our lives and make it a lot easier for us. So the basic theme of this book, I challenge you, I promise you, is pretty simple. It's the idea that there is cause and effect in life. And if you want certain things to happen, there are requirements you have to go through to get right. to them. And that's the essence of that book. And we're excited about next week's book that we're going to review because the name of it is Relationships. And right. that's the heart. And that became the theme of everything we wrote ever since then. Absolutely. It really is fun to think back through all that and what's created. So we hope you'll join us again next week on Ayers on the Road. Talk to you then.